0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? It's going okay.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty shook, just like the rest of you guys probably are that followed the, the trial at
0: all today. Yeah, you know, y'all are probably going to find that the uh, the tenor of this show is going to be a little bit different tonight. We love yeah. to have fun and joke. Um, today is not going to be that day, I think. No. And I, and I, I think many of you already know why. But as we get into the uh, experience today um, in court, you, you're, you're gonna really learn why. Yeah. We learned some things that um, we didn't know. Yeah. Um, we learned a lot of things that we maybe didn't wanna know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there's definitely more coming. Yeah. We're going to see more as things come yeah. as things begin to come full circle. We're finally getting to the real meat of what has happened in yeah. this case. And so, of course, this is our Wednesday night case update show, but this will be um, entirely dedicated to the Daybell Vallo case as we can't really get away from it right now. I don't know about you all, yeah. but we're definitely feeling that.
1: Which I I feel like I have to apologize to the West Case. I hate that we aren't giving it the attention it deserves. I think what's going to happen is that at some point over the summer or when it wraps up, we'll do a big episode that is and maybe a two-parter or a three-parter that is all the West Case because that has been our focus for a couple of years now, and yeah. we just can't do it right no. now. Just no, and we'll come
0: back, and we'll come back and do it. For we'll sure. come back and do a lot of things that are, you know, yeah. the the Stout case, also lots of things. But today, oh, good
1: lord, yeah,
0: yeah. But right now, we're nowhere but with those kids. Yeah, well, I want to give a huge shout out and thank you to our beloved friend Darla. She was actually the person in court. Reporting for us today.
1: Darla, Darla and Aunt Sue. We're both yeah, there. Yeah, Darla
0: and Aunt Sue were both there and we appreciate you so much. Um, neither of us could be there today, and they were there for all of this. And so, and to keep us updated so we could keep you all updated. And that was really very appreciated. Yes. Yeah. So we're not gonna do a lot of really graphic stuff tonight, and we're definitely not sharing any photos. Uh, we're gonna talk about what we learned today though. But the first thing we're gonna do is we're going to light a candle. We're going to light a candle for uh, JJ and Tylie and Tammy. This is just a, it's a black candle that sits on my desk. I like to burn a black candle because it burns away negativity. The black candles are meant to burn away the bad things. And we're going to talk about some pretty bad things tonight, but we're going to not make it real yeah. graphic. If you all followed the Twitter feeds or the Facebook feeds today, you know that a lot of really graphic information came out in court today. Yeah, Um, we're going to do it with out all the details. Some of them will be there, but not all of them. We don't yeah. need to relive them over and over. And if y'all, any of you want to light a candle as well, feel free. But I'm just going to light this one right here. Oh, sure. I've never lit this candle before. Now it doesn't want to light. Um I'm going to just light that and keep it on my desk for us as we talk about this. Because I had this moment today of, why are we tweeting all this information and Facebooking all this information out? But then I went, well, no, we have to.
1: Right. You have
0: to witness this.
1: The good, bad, and the ugly. It all has to come out. But. Right. I know. But I had the same thought. And I posted on my Facebook because so many people around here follow this case and follow us. And so usually if there's a, you know, like a real groundbreaking something, I'll, I'll post it on my personal Facebook too. And. I had posted uh, JJ's uh, cause of death and I, you know, and then after all the comments, I thought, maybe I'm an asshole for doing that. Like, am I just ruining everyone's day or is this something? No, everybody needs, they want to know. They need to know.
0: We need to know. This
1: sucks, but the public needs to know.
0: Yeah. Right, exactly. And I think that's really important. A part of this is so much of what we're doing here is we're witnessing. Yeah. We're witnessing what happened. And when we witness and we become aware of, it's important for a lot of reasons, but one of them is just to honor those who have passed. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Mm -hmm. So we'll go through the day as we normally do. And um, I'm just going to leave out a few things. I'm not going to give you all the gory details because I just don't think it's necessary. But we are going to, you know, we'll still go through the court, the court day as we normally do. Yeah. Um, Court started a little late today and there was a meeting um, with all of the attorneys with Judge Boyce in his chambers about the time the court should have started. Mm -hmm. John Pryor was in the courtroom today um, as he has been most days. I imagine uh, he's very curious to see these days in particular. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. It looks like in in other days, John has been there with more than one person, so it appears that he's got at least some of a team uh-huh. attending with him. So we'll be curious to hear because there's a hearing for Chad next week.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, so we'll see. So we they started court with uh, FBI special agent Steve Daniels back on the stand. He was on the stand at the end of the day yesterday. And they were discussing the burial sites. So these are the sites where the children were buried in Chad's backyard. So burial site number one. This is where JJ's remains were found. That's near a tree in the backyard. He talked about how there was kind of a raised berm at that burial site, and the grass was shorter on top of it compared to the grass longer around it. Uh Um, which just indicated to them, they know what they're to look for. Like we talked about last night, they know what to look for to see where ground has been disturbed. They were very careful at taking layer by layer out of there to not miss any evidence or to mess up any evidence. It becomes a really careful process. Uh, So they, of course, found... um, there were big rocks, and then there were boards. And then um, he said he he had um, excavated about five to seven burials. And this one was the most precise, like somebody's taken the most effort to bury these remains. Which, of course, we know. Chad literally had a job as a gravedigger. Yeah. He knew more about doing something like this than most people would. huh. huh. It's
1: interesting because Chad's kids had said that this burial here was proof of his evidence or or proof or evidence of his uh, innocence because he's a grave digger and he would have done a better job.
0: Yeah, interesting because these these, um, graves were not very deep. They were between one to three feet deep. They were just, which probably is simply an indication of how hard it was to dig them. Yeah. but yeah, they actually were unusual to the mm-hmm. to the um, FBI and the police. Mm-hmm. So no,
1: especially because it really appears that Chad's the one that did the digging. It does. Alex wasn't there long enough to do all of these things. This no, was Chad. he
0: wasn't. The, the so I would imagine data,
1: old yeah. fat Chad doing this by himself without a you know with just hand tools. It probably was right. a hard job.
0: Yes, I would imagine it was way harder of a job than they figured. I think a lot of this was much harder than they thought. Yeah. Um, So, you know, they immediately felt like there were the rocks and the wood planks were there to help uh, prevent wildlife from finding these remains. Um, Also, he said that um, as a human body decomposes, the grave sinks. Uh So if there's a berm to it, it will level out over time. Well, we all know who would know that. That's something that they do in cemeteries, even though, even though they're still in a, the body's in a casket, it's still, the soil settles. Yeah. So they round it because over time it's going to settle. So just another indication of who dug this grave, you know? Yeah. So once they pulled the planks back, then of course they see the black plastic. And they see the shape of JJ's head and they did cut through the plastic just to confirm that it was a person. Um, and they did confirm that immediately. Um, so then they knew, you know, that they had a body. Yeah. So one of the things that was a concern is that they needed to be very careful as they pulled JJ's body out in case there were, um, there was another body underneath. They didn't know if they were going to find the kids buried together or separately or what they were going to find. So they were really careful about removing JJ's remains because they didn't want to disturb Tylee's if they were there. Yeah. Which we know they weren't, but they did name this burial site number one and, you know, determine that this was uh, human remains. Yeah. Then they do all of this grid work where they grid off this, these areas and then they go through them so carefully they get down to using like clay molding tools and tongue depressors and tiny things like that to find the very smallest things and also to not damage anything right so there were a lot of photos shown of like jj wrapped in plastic what the grave looked like all of those kinds of things um then there was a backhoe that was shown. They showed tons and tons of pictures. So once they did that, they knew that, you know, Tylee was going to be there somewhere. They were pretty sure if they'd found JJ, they yeah. were going to find Tylee. And in that first site, they didn't find anything. So they had to keep looking for uh, Tylee's body. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There, there was a lot of argument over photos today. Yeah, oh um, my gosh. Well, starting with some of the photos that were admitted today had already been admitted by a different witness. Uh-huh. But the photos are important because they, they're basically the physical evidence that backs up what the witness is saying. Right. So ultimately, um, the the judge let the photos in, yeah. you know. I don't know why it matters to the defense if the photos get in more than once. They're just looking for something to be able to object to at this point, Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, Let's see. So they work on that for a long time. This is one of the things about trials that is so frustrating is how much time is spent just admitting evidence to the court. Mm -hmm. Takes forever. Uh, Let's see. Then Wood asks Daniels to kind of compare and contrast J.J. and Tylee's burial sites. Uh-huh. So he said that there was such a big difference because JJ's remains were intact, wrapped in plastic, yeah. It was all very coordinated and planned, right? Yeah. But if you think about it, this was bur- burial number two. So yeah. they clearly learned some things before they did this one. Um, Tylee's burial site was just a massive organic material that fell apart when the team went to uncover it. He said it was such a big contrast for us as a team going from JJ's it was so precise in the way it was placed Uh versus Tylee's melted charred mass. Yeah. And how that was placed in, in that burial. Yeah. What do you think we we've, we've put out, we've posited a lot of reasons for why they were buried so differently, but I think we should maybe discuss that for a minute. Why do you think Jay, Tylee was treated with such extreme disrespect in her burial versus JJ.
1: Well, on one hand, Lori had at one point told Zulema that uh, bodies would have to be burned in order to uh, cast the demon out.
0: Dismembered and burned.
1: Dismembered and burned. So there is that. But even in this, uh, this moment of knowing that it was Chad who did these things. It was Chad. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That to me speaks of so much contempt towards Tylee from Chad. Right. That Tylee had been disrespectful to him. That Tylee didn't like him. That Tylee was speaking up and Tylee was making life harder for them. I feel like all of those things are true. And that that likely that's why her body was treated with such severe contempt. That's my opinion.
0: Yeah. Joy uh, in the chat says her mom was jealous of her youth and beauty. Hmm. Very possible. Very possible because she was certainly becoming a challenger to her mom. Yeah. Uh, Chad didn't like her. Yes. We know that. Yeah. Uh, He was mad at her for something yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh let's see oh it has Kat, to make
1: you wonder if tylie had made some threats you know yeah about I'm who she was going to tell what tell. really happened to charles, to charles. Or,
0: yep. yeah yeah had information she was a liability like alex was a liability
1: Yep.
0: cat says i think she probably fought harder and they were trying to hide bigger signs of struggle I think that's a very valid point. Mm -hmm. What were her injuries? We will never know what her injuries
1: were. No.
0: Halo says, I thought they were simply trying to get rid of evidence. God, even saying that makes me sick. Um, Cranky says, Tylee probably didn't like Chad and then let him know it. Right? Yeah. I mean, Um, think about
1: her relationship with Melanie Gibb. It was contentious. She didn't like Melanie. Melanie said at one point she reached up to, fix a loose hair and Tylee was reacted you know mm-hmm. badly to it she did not like her mom's stupid freaking friends right and well these were she had to have mom, hated
0: Chad she she had to have and her mom was behaving like a completely different person mm-hmm. everybody has said that that all of a sudden Tylee's mom was not Tylee's mom anymore she was this mm-hmm. different person and here are all these new friends in her life that are clearly part of that mm-hmm. you can see that Yep. Deb says, I think they planned to do that to both, but it was so much work. See, I think that's true, too, because yes. to, to get the demon out, it was dismember and burn or it was bind. Well, yep. Tyler was dismembered and burned and JJ and was bound. JJ was bound. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I mean, I and I've read this many times in many different cases that people seem to underestimate how incredibly difficult it is to dismember a human body and no matter how hard you try in just a normal fire you Mm -hmm. cannot burn a human body not successfully no bones will not burn they will not disappear yeah uh janet says i think chad is a misogynist among other things right i know that the contrast of the boy and the girl is really different Mm -hmm. yeah the burning not work work like they thought right it didn't uh-huh. they're not going to just burn these bodies into nothing chad should have known that if he you know i don't know maybe he ne- never worked with a mortuary but those yeah. um cre- crematoriums are burn at way way higher temperatures than yeah. what um a fire pit will
1: uh, Christy asked, was Tylee rated darker than JJ? Yeah, she was.
0: Oh, yeah. Because initially, JJ was rated light and Tylee was rated dark through this entire year of insanity.
1: In fact, Chad had told Lori at some point that Tylee had been dark and uh, possessed since she was 12 or 13. Yeah. They yeah. were really looking at her
0: like quite the enemy. She's a teenage girl, man. We do <laughs> You've raised two of them. They can be evil as hell when they want to be. But that's just normal, you know. It's
1: normal. It's their age. And especially with all of this bullshit going on. Yeah, And, and I mean, the affair is the thing. I mean, Tylee knew what happened to Charles. I have no question. She absolutely right. knew what happened to Charles. But I think it's the affair that she was throwing back in her mom's face and grinding in. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, an affair is always wrong. But in the Mormon church? Like, whoa.
0: Yeah, that's akin to murder. Like in in the rating of sins, it's Mm -hmm. right up there.
1: Oh, yeah. So bad. So she was still trying to make Tylee behave, submit, follow the gospel in some way. And yet also was doing all of these things that are huge sins and expecting her to also be accepting of that. I can't imagine the strife that that had
0: caused Right, me too Chad asks, uh, was Chad molesting Or not Chad, M asks, was Chad molesting her There is no evidence of that Nothing, um, no sexual abuse has ever been reported On either of the kids no. But yeah, it, there's You know, the the contrast between these two Burials is Absolutely Dark. stunning Yeah Yeah Let's see. So um, this is when um, Wood has no further questions for Daniels. So then we get some really stupid cross-examination from John Thomas. It blows me away at how disrespectful and rude he is. Thomas is a jerk. To people who um, really don't deserve it. You know, like this guy, Right. He he goes over all of his experience again. How many burials has he been involved in? He asks him um where are some of these he asks him about specific cases he's been involved in yeah and daniel says he probably shouldn't talk about specific cases and yeah. thomas says it goes to credibility and you're not being you're you're not being very willing to uh you know share a lot of detail yeah what like so
1: he was giving you everything you wanted
0: yeah He was just like, I don't know if I should mention individual cases in someone else's hearing, you know, it was just it was just like he was just looking for something to be uh, rude about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He also asked about the grid system, the way they gridded the property. Um, He asks if the dirt outside of the fire pit area was sifted. Daniel said he would need to ask his other team members to be sure. Because if you remember when they were talking about this yesterday, everyone had an individual job Uh in this. And so Thomas says, we've had about three years to prepare for this. This didn't come up over the past three years. Daniel said he will need to check with his colleagues. It was just like he was looking for anything to attack his credibility, even though pretty clearly there wasn't anything to attack. Right. Um so Thomas Thomas then wanted to know if he has met with other senior team leaders in other parts of the country to discuss this case. Uh he said no, but in preparation for the search warrant, he did talk with the evidence response team in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And then he says he's done with him and has no questions, and then Wood doesn't have any more either. Yeah. Thomas was just a dick today. And you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. that it sucks to sit there and watch, have to see all these pictures and hear all this testimony you know, because it's so damning for your client, Uh but geez. So then Dr. Warren comes on the stand and uh, Dr. Warren, I think blew everything out of the water. (laughs) Oh yeah. So he is a forensic pathologist, Uh forensic pathologist. Pathologists are medical doctors and their job is to determine how people die. They do autopsies. So they go through all of his credentials, all of the cases he's been in, all the stuff to say, this is why he should be doing this work. You know, yeah. all the tests he's had to pass in order to practice pathology. Like it gets very specific. Um, so then he talks about how he does. um. He works on cases that fall under the medical examiner/slash coroner's office. These are not typical natural deaths. These are unattended deaths. An unattended death is a death where there was not a doctor present at the time of the death. If they die outside of a hospital, um, then without some kind of med person there. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of things are unattended deaths. Um, But he says, you know, his job is to figure out the cause and manner of death. The cause being, was it a natural death? Was it an accident? Was it a homicide? Was it a suicide? Those kinds of things. And then that's cause of death. Sorry, I always get this backwards. And then manner of death is natural, accident, suicide, homicide, or undetermined. Yeah. So the police need that determination by somebody like him, if they're gonna move forward on a murder, they first have to find out what kind of a death they have on their hands. Well, all of these deaths were unattended deaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, he usually gets a body in a body bag that is sealed. So it's this is chain of evidence and they're, they're just yeah. showing chain of evidence that the they get the body bag, it's sealed by the police, He breaks the seal, you know, to confirm that no one else can do that. Yeah. To make sure that there's not been any tampering with the body. Yeah. And he talked about uh, kind of his his initial observation. What is the body wearing? Um, Any evidence of any kind of medical intervention? And then they take off their clothing and remove that for evidence. And then, you know, and jewelry, anything else on them. And then they do a head to toe exam, just a, just a visual exam first of hair, eye color, ears, fingernails. All of those things are described. They're written down or sometimes they're recorded and then transcribed. Yeah. And he's looking for anything initially that would appear as cause of death.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then he, you know, they, you know how autopsies work, they cut into the body. And then they take urine, blood, um, eye, and eye fluid. Um, they weigh and inspect all the organs. Because they're looking for, was there a disease here? Was there an injury here? You know, what caused this person to die? So Warren did JJ's autopsy on June 11th, 2020. Uh, this was at the Ada County Morgue. So this is in Boise, where the, where the uh, um, trial is being held right now said the autopsy took him about four hours. And he said that JJ died of asphyxia by plastic bag over the head and duct tape over the mouth. He was found bound with duct tape, hands and feet, and there were bruising on his arms and an abrasion to his neck. Those were the initial things that he saw. Um, you know, he got JJ in a body bag. He, when he opened it up, he saw that he was wrapped in plastic, just like the police had said. He said the things that jumped out immediately is that there was a white plastic bag over his head and it had been wrapped around his face multiple times. Yeah. And that there was duct tape wrapped around him all the way down to his neck. Yeah. And that his forearms and hands were bound with duct tape and his ankles uh, were bound with duct tape and that he was wearing red pajamas and black socks just like that picture. We've all seen the picture. Yeah. That was JJ, the last pic, last known photo of him. He's wearing the same clothes. Yeah. And, you know, they described, of course, that the body was in a state of decomposition because he'd been married, buried for several months.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, this is when they take off the clothes and the plastic and everything and they um, give it to the police because that's evidence then they trim fingernails because that's always looking for, they're looking for skin DNA under the nails. And then they take swabs of all the orifices and they want to make sure there was no sex crime. They also take a portion of the rib bone, um, some hair and two molars. They took those things for DNA <laughs> to because they had to confirm that, you know, it was pretty sure everybody was pretty sure this is JJ, but we have to be sure it is in fact JJ.
1: Well, and Brandon Boudreaux had uh, identified him at this point as well. Yes,
0: that's right. Brandon Boudreaux had identified him from photos. Um, the doctor said that there were bruises on his left arm and a hemorrhage under his right thumbnail.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there was bruising on his ankles that may have been because of the duct tape.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh so while this is going on, Lori is taking notes and looking up at this doctor. Yeah. Because we all want to know, like, what the hell? What's the reaction here? Because mm-hmm. everybody else is traumatized by this. Why isn't she? Yeah. The jury was taking very detailed notes during this time as well. I'm sure they were just trying to do something. I it would. sounds if like I one would, of
1: the jurors, one of the female jurors, had a really hard time getting through the day.
0: I'll bet. I'll bet. This is so much. And I, I would have trouble remembering it later. I don't know about you guys, but if you ever have to do anything traumatic, mm-hmm. it's hard to remember it later. And so I think the writing it down was probably just part of that, you know? Yeah. But right. Yeah. For Lori, what's she writing? Probably nothing. Drawing, right. drawing, doodling. You know? And and these are pictures that the, uh, the
1: the courtroom was shown some of them, but not all of them. Some of the pictures yeah. were only shown to the jury and to the prosecution and defense and the judge. Some of them uh, we were allowed to see uh, or the people that were viewing were allowed to see. The defense actually argued. Of course, they argued against these photos being shown at all because he said that that was uh, unnecessarily prejudicial. Uh, And of course, the prosecution's like, these are literally the crime. Like, no, no, it's not. <clears throat> and then he tried to argue that they should only be viewed in black and white. Yeah. And the prosecution said, uh no. The this is the reality of this case and black and white isn't reality. They should be shown in color just as they are. And, and they historically
0: that. that's been fairly common to show autopsy photos in black and white, but I agree it it disconnects you from the reality that this is a human being. Yeah. If it doesn't look like a human being, and it's not going to look like a human being in black and white. Yeah, the judge really um, had to hold firm. There was a lot of fighting and arguing over these pictures today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, um, you know, and and really like prejudicial to show (laughs) images of the victims of this crime, like that's prejudicial is to show things that are unrelated mm-hmm. you know it would have been like showing um photos of charles after he was killed right what might be prejudicial this is not prejudicial this is part oh. of the crime
1: this is the crime i mean yeah. I, that argument absolutely slayed me yeah
0: yeah i know i, I thought so too Um, he said that all of his organs, um, were okay. And there was no sign of disease. He also didn't have any rib fractures. So there was no attempt at CPR. Also, he wasn't, um, he wasn't asphyxiated by compression. So compression think like George Floyd when they pinned George Floyd down and he could not uh, inflate his lungs because he was pinned. Uh Um, That's a kind of um, asphyxiation. But it was clearly this was not that. Yeah. Um, There wasn't anything in the lungs that he'd inhaled or anything either. Right. There was no blood or urine left because of the state of of decomposition. So they used his liver for toxicology. Um, they also did a full body X ray. Didn't show any abnormal um, maladies or broken bones or anything. But in the toxicology, there were levels of ethanol, which is an alcohol, mm-hmm. a drug called GHB, which is gamma hydroxybutyric acid. We all also know it is a date as, rape drug.
1: Yep, the date rape drug. Yep.
0: yep. Caffeine and theobromine, um, and those are things that are like. Found in cocoa or tea. So, this is pretty explosive. Yeah. Because we've thought forever, you know, we've said for a long time that we figured that there was going to be, that this was going to be asphyxiation and that there was going to be something in his system to subdue yep. him. Now, the problem with the GHB is that the amount they found in his liver is inconclusive. Yeah. Um, so it can be found in the liver and other parts of the body, um, post mortem, because and it be naturally occurring, mm-hmm. and so we don't know for sure if he was given GHB, or if that is what his body produced. Yeah. But you think about JJ, little, well, he was six at the time of his death, right? Seven. 7 I always get I can't remember what he turned after he died. Anyway, so he's 7, he has autism, he's a kid who cannot hold still for any amount of time at all. They're pinning him down to suffocate him. And you're telling me that they didn't use something to subdue him? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Well, think about would have fought. And yeah. scr- he has one scratch on his neck that looks like him trying to pull the the Uh, bag away Mm -hmm. um but only one yeah
1: and then they taped up those hands but the bruises on his wrists and on his ankles he was fighting yeah he was fighting for his life agreed cranky that was our thought too they put jhb in hot cocoa yeah
0: they put it in something and had him drink it
1: but i agree colleen why are we blowing off ethanol Or is ethanol something his body may have also produced?
0: Uh, It is something that your body does produce. So it's hard to know. Um, They could have also given him a cough syrup that had alcohol in it. I mean, there are a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I just can't see this happening with a fully awake and functioning kid and not there being a huge fight and him clawing at himself to try to be able to breathe. Because if, I don't know if you've ever seen like strangulation victims before, but they claw their throats like crazy. This kid would have done the same thing, but there's only one scratch. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we may never know, but I'm very curious to see if there's GHB in anybody else's toxicology.
1: Yeah. Well, there wasn't any in Tylee's.
0: Right. Right. But I do wonder about Tammy. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, Tylee died first. Tylee died about 10 days before JJ died. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think they learned a lot from Tylee.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, let's see. Uh, the Woodcocks were not in court today, and I think that's good.
1: They were in the afternoon, they just weren't there in the morning.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm glad for them that they, I'm sure they knew so they didn't have to hear any of this. Yep, there were lots of audio problems today, and so the mm-hmm. the Madison County. Uh, courthouse where um or aunt sue and uh, darla word there were some there were some problems with the audio right through this part but they did get it worked out so this is when they go to admit the autopsy photos and um there's a big fight over this that goes on for quite a while um so while the, the attorneys all leave the room to talk to the judge about what they're going to do about the photos, so Lori is sitting at the defense table by herself, and she's just continues to write in her notebook. Because I can imagine the jurors are all looking at her. Right. Trying to decide what the hell is going on with her probably
1: thinking to themselves if I just looked at these photos of my seven-year-old I wouldn't yeah. be able to stand I wouldn't be able to sit here and Lori is just gone away yeah her response in court frankly is sinking her,
0: her response surely indicates she doesn't give a damn about her kids that's for yeah. sure um You know, she's seen chatting with her attorneys. She doesn't seem all that concerned. Mm -hmm. Smiling, you know, doing her usual little flip her hair and smile and laugh with her attorneys thing.
1: There was one point today where it looked like she was wiping her eyes. Yeah. But again, was she just wiping her eyes?
0: Right. Because we've seen that several times and nobody has ever been able to confirm that that was because of tears. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her uncle Rex was back in the courtroom today with his daughters. Mm -hmm. And they um were there with two victim advocates and they were sitting in the on the prosecution benches. Uh-huh. And there was not any other nobody else there. Nobody uh-huh. representing Lori on the on her side, that's for sure.
1: No. Never.
0: Uh let's see. So yeah, they, they didn't let um spectators in the courtroom and overflow see these photos, which is fine. I don't think any of us needed to see them. So they show yeah. All of these autopsy photos, and this is the part I'm going to mostly skip because it's just it's traumatic. Yeah, and a de-
1: again, it's just about a decomposing body. I mean, it it's, it's what you would expect from any body that had been buried, yeah, in the earth for a period of time, wrapped in plastic bags. It's not anything other than it, it, that. it's
0: what you would expect. That there, yeah. this is a period in which there is a, um, let's see. Uh, a juror that is not looking at the screen. She's kind of looking up at the ceiling. Like she's not sure she can look at the screen during this time. They do talk about how they took uh, the duct tape for evidence. And, you know, there's been a lot of stuff around the duct tape. And if there is um, any DNA fingerprints, that kind of thing on it, we still don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. all of these questions get answered, uh, slowly, but surely yeah, based on a stream of information from all of these different witnesses. And so there's yeah. a lot of things we just don't know yet.
0: Well, and you think about how many moving parts there are in this case, because this guy's job is just to do the autopsy and determine the cause and manner of death. Mm-hmm. Then there are the forensic examiners that have to examine all the evidence and determine all of that. You know, it just mm-hmm. goes on and on and on. And then of course, today we hear from a, um, A, uh, an anthropologist, a forensic anthropologist, yeah, today as well. Um, So he also was involved in Tylee's autopsy.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. We'll just uh, skip to Tylee. Her autopsy took about a week.
1: Yeah,
0: it was her remains were in three bags. Of course, tissue, bone. Mixed in with dirt and all kinds of things because they and were ash. just sort of in ash, yeah, digging it up out of the ground and sort of melted into that plastic bucket. Um, he said, Dr. Warren said that this autopsy was different, um, because of the way that it was her, re- because of the way her remains came. And so it took him a long time to go through it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, you know, they didn't find. Bullets, part of a knife, or any other foreign debris that they could collect as evidence that could be considered to be have been used as a weapon against Mm Tylee. But honestly, we don't know for sure if some of it was never found. I mean, it was this was buried in the dirt, and they did sift the dirt because there are literally shards of bone in this situation. Yeah. So obviously, there's no blood or urine for toxicology. Um so he did find some skeletal muscle that he could use to send for toxicology. Uh it was positive for ibuprofen. Yep. Yeah. And then um carboxyhemoglobin and iron.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And carboxyhemoglobin is something um that is released during a fire. Yeah. And, you know, it d- doesn't really mean anything. No, no smoking gun there for sure. No, none at all. There was no indication here at all of what actually killed her. Um, they did find some of her organs. Some of them obviously were missing and had been burned. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Actually, if more organs than I expected them to
0: find. Mm-hmm. Her heart. Yep. Her heart and her lungs. And a kidney. Mm hmm. And, and you know, quite a few bones. They did identify her pelvis and femur. There was, you know, portions of her skull. Mm-hmm. Um, these About were bones. 100
1: bones. Yeah.
0: yeah. And they were burned. So yeah. this was this was hard because there's, you know, there's less that you can know when the more damaged the burns are. Yeah. Let's see. So they take a lunch break and then they come back, and so they start talking about what it means. What homicide by unspecified means is what that means.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And uh, so Warren says there are specific guidelines and criteria that are used when dealing with the cause of with cause of death. It has to be objectively suspicious circumstances. Dismembered body, burned body, Mm -hmm. um, and body that is buried out of sight. Those are all things that clearly fit number one. Yeah. Uh, Number two is no findings at autopsy to explain the death. So he can say that Tylee is murdered, but he can't tell you what killed her. Yeah. So he says, you know, there were no drugs or substances that could have explained her death. So she meets all of the qualifications to determine homicide by unspecified means. Yeah, and this is you know this is one of the questions that they ask the jurors uh, in the jury questionnaire was you know can you determine guilt or innocence of a of a of a homicide if you don't know the cause of death? Yeah. Yeah. So, and we figured that was going to be about Tylee and, and it is. Yeah. Um, so he had reviewed her medical records. So she had a history of anxiety, ovarian cysts, pancreatitis, and just some other kind of minor health issues. And that there wasn't anything in her health history that would have caused her death. No. And obviously, you know, that wouldn't have uh, accounted for the dismemberment and burning and burying.
1: No, they did say also that uh, they did not have any indication that she was burned while alive.
0: Yes. Yeah. They did find a single strand of her hair that did go to the police. And they did take several other parts of her body that they were able to do DNA with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because again, especially in the, you know, with JJ, he could be identified, but Tylee couldn't be. No. Uh, So they want to admit Tylee's uh, autopsy photos. Thomas objects again that they're too prejudicial and should not be admitted.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And he said no. And then they didn't show him on the large screen again. But I mean, I'm sorry. You you have to look at these pictures.
1: Too prejudicial. Lori
0: and your attorneys, you have to look at these pictures. These are your dead kids.
1: That's the most outlandish argument I could think of.
0: I know. It's just gross considering that these are the victims of these homicides.
1: Yeah. They did find a charm and a chain yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they've ever verified they were Tylees. I think there's just kind of an assumption that they were. But yeah, yeah. they did find that.
0: They did. And that's really or not all yesterday,
1: they- but they talked about that yesterday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, no, they didn't find tape or plastic or anything else like that uh-uh. in in this in this burial site. So, um, as with JJ, we're not going to talk about the pictures. Not necessary. Not really necessary
1: no.
0: at this point. Um, you know, obviously, it's body parts, and in some cases, it's tiny little shards of yeah. bone. And we'll, we're going to get to that because there's some, weird, there's some weird stuff about how this was done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's see. Let me just get to the right place here. So they have pieces of bone that are shards of bone that are unrecognizable. They don't even know what part of the body they came from. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Some little
1: tiny ones that they thought may have been hand and feet bones,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, and so that's where they you know the the um state has no more questions Thomas um cross examines asks about his credentials again, and where he did his fellowships, and um. Thomas makes a point of making sure to point out that Dr. Warren is not a police officer, which I'm pretty sure we all know is the case, but that he works with police. Yeah. Um, he want Thomas wanted to know um, if the police tell him what to collect, and he said it's a team approach. That they're you know there's there's a whole protocol that they follow. But then sometimes law enforcement ask for specific things, too. But it's not like, I mean, it, autopsies are carried out in a very rote manner, starting from the outside of the body, working its way, working their way in, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. He wanted to know if there were signs of a struggle. Um, oh, oh, with JJ, he wanted to know if there were signs of a struggle and and there were you know, because yeah. th- he had scratched his neck. It looked like he'd been trying to um, scratch the plastic off. He kind of, he asked him if he swabbed JJ's nasal cavity. So the damnedest, stupidest thing. Yeah. And he said, no, there really wasn't any reason to. And. Thomas said and you know he loves to play the bumbling idiot and he's real good at it. He said, "Oh, well, um I'm just going ba- going based on things I've seen in a movie." Yeah. I think he's in trying, a movie. I think in his mind he's kind of trying to represent what the th- jury would think except that in the world of procedural medical examiner type television shows and stuff, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Most of us know exactly what they do in an autopsy. You know what right. I mean like well it it's stupid.
1: He wanted to know if he'd swab for plastic fibers. And he's like, No, it's a plastic bag. Yeah. There's yeah. no fibers. My God.
0: Yeah. You're he said you're not breathing in plastic, you're breathing in air. And that's why you die. There's no air. That's what okay. Dr. Warren said. Because it was yeah. so stupid. Yeah. Um he wanted to know if the bruises on JJ's body looked fresh. Yeah. He said they could have been from within hours before he died and then yeah. and then he let him go because, I don't know, was he going to ask more dumb questions about things he's seen in movies? It was uh,
1: right. That was and the I, weirdest thing to say.
0: I know he thinks that stuff well, will I, resonate with the jury and I just don't think it will.
1: Well, the doctor kind of got a pot shot in. He said, that's scary.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, as a defense attorney, you're basing things off what you've seen in movies, not... Yeah what you should know about this process. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. He, you know, I hope the jury finds him as annoying as we do. And I know we all have a bias because we absolutely believe that, that Lori is guilty and that Chad is guilty. And Mm -hmm. we've been following this for a long time. And so I have to remember that the jury doesn't have that behind them, Mm -hmm. but I don't understand some of the stuff that Thomas asks. I, that's my impression Mm-hmm. That That is why he does those things is because he's thinking he's relating. But it sure doesn't mm-hmm. feel relatable to me. Mm-hmm. It feels no. intentional to me.
1: It does. It It is weird. It's uncomfortable. Like how many people yeah. just died a little bit from embarrassment for him when he said that yeah. movie comment? You know, like, like
0: it's not landing. No, that doesn't make you relatable. That just makes you sound like an idiot. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, so then uh, they were done with Warren and they call um, Dr. Christensen. And I got Dr. Christensen's name messed up and I called him Dr. Smith like way too many times. Oh no. <laughs> or her, Dr. Smith, way too many sure. times in our yeah. text stream because sometimes there are just really a lot of names in this situation. Yeah. But Dr. Christensen, Dr. Angie Christensen, mm-hmm is um, a forensic anthropologist. She works for the FBI in Quantico, Virginia. Uh-huh. And she was asked to review Tylee's Bones because that's yeah. what forensic anthropologists do is they they particularly evaluate Bones. Did any of you watch Bones? It was on for like 10 years.
1: Right. If you I mean, did,
0: then you know basically that's what Dr. Christensen yeah.
1: does. we said many times in this uh case that uh we really wish that temperance brennan was on
0: the job right and and she kind of was today because i think Christensen did a great job
1: me too she's a badass and think right. about think about how skilled how intelligent how capable you have to be to be a forensic anthropologist for the FBI at Quantico. Yeah.
0: We got we got top notch here, which is really absolutely really good. Yeah. We don't always get top notch here in Idaho, as I'm sure you can tell. Yeah. So she said normally what she does is she starts with a visual examination of the bones. And then sometimes it goes to looking at them under a microscope or, and using x-rays. Mm-hmm. She had about 100 bones that, be- that belonged to Tylee to take a look at. Yeah. And some of the goal here was, is there cause of death in these bones? What part of the story can the bones fill in? Um, she did say that all major parts of the skeleton were represented. She didn't have okay. all the bones, but she had, you know, it, basically most of the skeleton was represented there. Yeah. Um, she said that they were, the bones were fragmented in nature. Mm-hmm. Obviously they weren't a full skeleton and that um, a lot of them were burned. And that three bones had sharp edges. They were likely impacted by some kind of a tool uh oh there was a little kerfuffle because she wanted to review her notes yes which they did let her do but could you imagine the stuff she's supposed to remember and she said at least one bone was bent or hinged so hinged or bone you know bones are not supposed to bend right but there was a bent bone um which we got to get to what does that mean um She said there was a lot of evidence of thermal damage to the bones. The burning changes the color of the bone uh, to tan, black, and then eventually white. Mm -hmm. Um, So then there was a question about Thomas questioning the validity of her photos. They went through all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was one bone that had carnivore activity. Some sort of animal had chewed on it. We don't know if part of Kylie's body was dug up. If this was an animal that lives under the ground. We don't know, but that was pretty shocking to hear. That's
1: shocking. And it, it, it's given me a lot of uh, pause to, to think about for a couple of reasons. I mean, first of all, Yes, like voles and rodents and and things under the ground. Surely, they probably uh, chewed on her remains. But whatever this was, was big enough and strong enough to actually make marks on bone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so enough. It gives
1: me cause to to pause. The other part of that, that, uh, yeah, that was the predation, Colleen, yeah. Yeah. But the other part of that, that gives me pause is that yesterday they said, that some of the dirt was really hard, like somebody had tried to pour some cement on top of it or mix cement into it. Yeah. Is that because there was predation and Chad had to go back? How many times did Chad fiddle with this hole and fiddle right. with this gravesite? How many times did he revisit it trying to make it better right. or hide it better or whatever? It he, It's a horrifying thought.
0: It is a horrifying thought, but he had quite a lot of opportunity over several sure. months.
1: Sure. But the thought that perhaps like a neighborhood dog or something could have actually started digging in that grave. My God. Yeah.
0: I know it, that, that is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, So there's trauma to the bones. So she said there's such a thing as blunt trauma, sharp trauma and high velocity trauma. She identified sharp trauma on three of Tylee's bones, the left and right hip bones and the back of the pelvis. Um, she said something with a small surface, surface area, so something small, mm-hmm. was used to cause trauma on these bones. And she's not sure what the tool is, but that there was some kind of tool used possibly in the dismemberment process. Yeah. Um, there were five areas of sharp trauma on the left hip bone, and they didn't have anything to do with disease. Um, she said typically sharp trauma dismemberment cases appear around joints, but most dismemberment cases, bodies are dismembered at the joint because that's the easiest part to separate. Yeah. That was not the case in this situation, though.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that what she's seeing isn't consistent with dismemberment because the these the sharp trauma points are not near the joints. Right.
1: But they are Tylee's pelvis.
0: Yes. Sh- yeah. Lots of um, sharp traumas are in the area of Tylee's pelvis.
1: What in the actual fuck was he doing? Right. What was
0: he doing? And was this before or after death? And she didn't say, because this is the very end of the day, this is what kills me about when court is ending at 3.30. It's Uh always, we're like on a cliffhanger for something. Uh So she's talking about this. She shows a CT scan um, that she did that points out the the areas of sharp trauma to the bones. And so they're looking at these and talking about them. And then they say, okay, it's 3.30. We're adjourning for the day. Yeah. And so that's where we ended. So, what does all this mean? We don't know. And was this a part of dismemberment? Were these potentially injuries that she had sustained? I'm sure we'll know tomorrow because I'm sure this question is going to get asked.
1: Yeah. Because everybody will be there tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, Katie will be able to clear that up for us, but that's where we ended.
1: Very sobering, somber place to end. I. I have so many thoughts about the, uh, the injuries to the pelvis and they all horrify me. I just, I can't begin to understand what that's about or what they were trying to do there, what he was trying to do, because again, this was Chad. Alex Mm -hmm. was not out at that house long enough to be involved in this stuff. This was Chad doing these things. Have they determined where the children were killed? No.
0: Not yet. We haven't heard that yet. Mm -hmm. But we're getting there. It's just, it sucks that things take so freaking long. And there were so many dumb arguments over pictures today. And there was a dumb argument where he, Thomas, accused Dr. Christensen of photoshopping her photos because she puts these, like, arrows and scales into them. Uh-huh. to so that you can tell like the size of a bone and to point at yeah. different injuries to the bone and stuff. And he asked if yeah. she had photoshopped anything else in her photos. You know, just yeah. come on, dude, if you've not got better than that, you guys might as well just give up. like this is stupid
1: uh-huh.
0: But that's where it ended. So Katie will be there tomorrow.
1: yeah,
0: and um, mm-hmm. so we will know much more because Christensen will be back on the stand in the morning. Uh um tammy's autopsy was done in utah and we do think that we will be hearing from uh tammy's uh from the pathologist that did tammy's autopsy as well Uh word on the street also that garth daybell and chad daybell's parents may be testifying in the next day or two Uh that's going to be interesting because we haven't heard a thing out of that side of this situation until now
1: now, we know that when Chad introduced Lori to his parents, they were told some tale about her not having any children or that her she had a child that died or something along those lines. We know that right. they could be a witness to, you know, to that much, of Lori claiming to not have any kids mm-hmm. or little kids. Or
0: claiming to have had a daughter who recently died.
1: Because mm-hmm, that's one they used with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they can't give up. They're in.
0: Yeah. They I mean, can pretty really much give already up. have saying, like, what's the point of cross-examining stupid shit like that? You're not getting anywhere and just being disrespectful to people.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, they have not talked yet about what they found forensically in the buildings because it's a really good question, Brandy. Like where dismembering a body is messy. Where did that happen?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, it is true that that Lori's parents have not been in court. Lori's sister, uncle, and a couple of nieces have been there, but that's all. Or no, first cousins, not nieces, first cousins. Yeah. Yeah, there's very little support on her part.
1: Well, and they're not really there to support part. her anyway. No, they're, they're there for they're the prosecution.
0: The Coley kids. was there for the prosecution as well. Yeah. So I thought but we would Garth, just take... guys. Garth. Garth. I know. Garth was home when Tammy died.
1: So. And here's what I think. I think I've had my mind blown twice already by Zulema and by Summer. And I am withholding judgment on Garth to see what he uh, has to say. Also, I can't imagine how tremendously hard this is for him.
0: Right. I know. I, I, all all the love to him to have to come and testify to this for sure. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. There were tools in Chad's shed that had DNA. Yes.
0: Right. We just haven't heard the actual testimony about those things yet and about what they found. Mm Mm-hmm yeah so i'm gonna hold up my candle here and i'm just gonna anybody else that has a candle i'm just gonna blow it out in honor of tylee and jj and their lives and the reason that we're really here is to witness on their behalf Yeah. yeah thanks guys we wanted to do this in a respectful way And in a non-traumatizing way as much as we can, because that's just not necessary for anybody. No. Uh, Thank you for being here with us and for being a part of this witnessing, just like we all are. It's important that we witness things like this. It's important that we have awareness that these things happen in our communities. We can't be a part of the solution if we aren't paying attention. And I think that that's where true crime does things right. And wrong. And wrong. Definitely. We have to know our place.
1: True crime can do things right. Mm -hmm. And can not. Um, Some of this stuff will be very, there's a lot of sensationalist stuff going around. Uh, I know that court TV had made a very sensationalist statement about Tylee being burned alive that they then had to retract. Why?
0: Just shut up with this stuff. We listen, we observe, Mm -hmm. we're witnessing. We're not trying to control anything or put ourselves in the spotlight. Court TV But we're here to witness. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all so very much for being here and witnessing with us. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow night to tell you all about what happens tomorrow in court.
1: And we will live tweet it and live Facebook it and we won't pull any punches. So it'll all be there.
0: It'll all be there. And then when we do the live stream, we won't be as we won't give as much details i think that's just the most respectful way to do it yeah you can read it it if you want to but you don't have to yeah yeah all right well you know it we are the true crime squad thanks for being here take care